1: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
0: It's like that you guys here spent a lot of time with them the last few weeks. Coley Harvey from ESPN. He joins us now in the com hotline. Coley, good morning, man. Hey, good morning. How you guys doing? Good. We're doing great, doing great. Um, you know, we've been talking about this series and uh, what people are watching. Were you surprised by that first game? Uh, what happened with Miami? You feel like they were going in after a pretty emotional series there with Boston and, you know, Denver kind of had their way with them?
1: Yeah, you know, it's honestly not too surprising to me just because, A, the Nuggets are really, really good, and that just kind of went on to, to show the country uh, essentially how good they've been all year, how consistent that Nuggets team has been all year, uh, I mean, how how they can play without Jokic going off. Of course, I know he ended up with 27 points by the end of the game, but he barely scored the first half. He was a distributor, uh, so it showed off some of those other pieces uh, that they have. In, in terms of Miami, you know, you mentioned that, that previous series, um, yeah, not only were they coming off of a, a really emotional and, and drama-filled uh, series with the Celtics, but a long series. You know, I mean, they just had two days off between these games, uh, between Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Finals and, and Game One um, of the Finals the other night. Uh, that adds up. You know, that that takes a toll. That 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 wear and tear, especially with all the travel back and forth between Miami and Boston, and having to go all the way to Denver, it adds up. Uh, so honestly, I wasn't too surprised. I would expect. Uh, to see that the he uh, maybe perform a little bit better tonight.
0: But, uh, but again, that Nuggets team is very, very good. It's been the it.com Outline with Coley Harvey. He is social. You can find him always on Twitter, at Coley Harvey, at Coley Harvey. Um, you know, thoughts about this Miami team, and we talk about uh, teams that have the one or two stars or have a couple of guys who you know will be out front. This is basically Jimmy Butler and some dudes. Uh, you know, you know what was your observation of of, of of this particular team? Because you know, we know what the odds were of them getting here. Yet here they are with a chance to win a championship.
1: You know, it's about the construction of the Heat teams for years. Uh, you know, this this goes back to when Pat Riley came in and and basically set the standard for the culture of, of his team. You know, he was it's always kind of been this. Uh, gritty, uh, hard-nosed head coach himself when he was coaching, uh, uh, even as an exec, same kind of way. And he brings in players who kind of have that same mentality, Uh, whether it is a guy like Jimmy Butler, who was drafted, who is a star, or it's uh, getting in all these undrafted players. Yeah, they have got seven undrafted players on the Heat. That's the most of any team to appear in an NBA Finals Uh, You know, since the draft started in in 1966. So that just goes to show you that that they're not afraid to to get those guys who might have been French players elsewhere, who might have been on their last uh, opportunity. You know, Caleb Martin is a prime story. He was waived uh, from the Hornets after being undrafted and, and signed by them. He had no idea what his future held. Um, of course, it was J. Cole, the rapper, who reached out to Karan Butler, who's, in, who's a, an assistant coach for the Heat, who also kind of played that way, that tough, that gritty way when he was a player. Uh, you know, and they give him a tryout, and here he is uh, just playing out of his mind after being with the Heat for two years and having a very good postseason season. Um, of course, you know, mentioning game one, they've got to get him going again. He was uh, – I think he was one for four from three before he finally – got or 0 oh for four from three before he finally got going. Uh, they've got to get him going from long range because certainly uh, he was a key to their success in the Eastern Conference Finals. But it, it is the mentality of this team to, to have those supporting uh, characters who can perform in a way that uh, that really balances with Jimmy Butler well.
0: Yeah. Talk about the coaching Um, and, the, and, and is this one – uh, Instance he's been doing it for quite some time, and we talked earlier this morning about he's you know kind of in the shadow of Pat Riley, which is a big shadow to outrun. But seems like in his own right, um, he's established that, and I think that's really the difference, really between both of the coaches in this in this uh, final.
1: Yeah, you know uh, that that's why they're that's why the Heat are in the finals. To be quite honest, because Eric Spolstra – uh, uh you know has a way of using the personnel that he has in a way that that really uh, can maximize success granted they had a rough regular season you know we saw what happened in that play in game against the hawks uh i mean they just just really owned Miami in that game and uh, and yet they they just know how to really turn it on with their backs so to so to speak against the wall um you know rolled past chicago at the end of that play in game Got past the Bucks, you know. Saw what happened in that New York series, and then, uh, you know, even after being up 3-0, having to rally in Game Seven uh, the way they did the other night, that just that just speaks again to uh, to that kind of back against the wall mentality. And it starts with Bolster. you know. That that's that's the way that he's been. Uh, it seems wired throughout his time uh, in the league. Uh, you know the way that he had to kind of start from the bottom, so to speak, to get to where he's at. And and uh, you know it seems like that's something that he he still certainly takes with him. He he still will operate in a in a manner in which he underst he understands what it has taken for him to achieve what what he's achieved. And so he wants to make sure that his players uh, embrace their journey as well. And um, you know and so I, I think you're absolutely right that that it starts with the coaching uh with, with Miami uh in terms of getting them in this spot as well.
2: This is this is Chris Draft. Do you do you think that this would be the biggest underdog story if the, if the Heat find a way to win the NBA finals, would this be the NBA's biggest underdog story ever?
1: Oh, that's a, that's a heavy question. Uh you know, Chris, I I, I I would say it's probably safe to say uh yes uh just because of of where Miami stood coming into these playoffs, it speaks to, you know, the, the, the reason why the play in games exist. Um, you know, if you don't have that play in round, of course, uh, you know, we, we might not be talking about the heat in this way. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think when you talk about odds, I, that, that's what everybody's going to look at. I, I don't know the full numbers off the top of my head, but I believe these are some of the steepest odds. I don't know if they're number one, but they're some of the steepest odds of any team that's been in the finals to win. Uh, that all being said, I, you know, I, 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 you know, I just can't see Denver losing this series right now. Um, Jokic is just too strong. They're very well rested. Uh, they've got a little bit of a home court advantage being in Denver uh, with the altitude. I know that. Uh, the, the Heat have tried to say that's not a, it's not an issue, it's not a storyline. I mean, you know, you you played in the league, you know what it's, you play in the NFL, you know what it's like when you're changing altitude, uh, uh, and and uh, and yeah, it can be an issue at times, especially for a basketball team that just played a really really tough and, and emotionally draining series. So I I don't know if it's going to happen, but if the Heat pull it off, I would say that we'd have to consider it. Um, uh, one A, one B, one C, somewhere in that order right. of uh, the the most uh, uh, Cinderella story in NBA history.
0: Folks, we're talking to Coley Harvey. Um, and, of course, you know, he, he's he's from Atlanta. He's an Atlanta-area product uh, working with ESPN. You covered the Boston-Miami series. What do we make of Boston? Um, and was mm. that because, um, Matt, my goodness, to win those three straight games and then lose it all, um, thoughts about that team? Because um, everybody had them to say, okay, if they're going to run the table, they're going to make history, then it'll be Boston in the final. Uh, but that team struggled throughout the playoffs, and you, know, yeah. you had to wonder what happened if they had the previous coach if he was still in place with that team. I think that would have been different. Uh, what do you think we're going to see going forward with them?
1: Yeah, you know, I, I that's that's going to be probably this is probably the biggest off-season question in the NBA at this point, especially now that Philadelphia's you know that that issue has been solved. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, I would I would say that uh, that you know personnel may change. Uh, obviously, coaching is not going to change. I I wasn't convinced that that was going to to happen. Uh, you know, even during the season when there were all the the conversation about Joe Missoula and you know and should he go. It, it, it doesn't fit the culture of who the Celtics are right now. It doesn't fit Brad Stevens, the GM it doesn't fit his, his mentality, his approach. And, uh, and by the way, I mean, Missoula basically had a week to get ready before the season started. And he had his team playing exceptionally well uh, through at points throughout the year. Uh, that is a flawed Celtics team though. And we saw it in the Eastern conference final. We saw it all throughout the playoffs. I mean, we, we saw it in Atlanta. That, that was a team that was certainly exposed at times. Um, you know, if, I think if the Hawks could have really turned it on maybe in game one or two and had a little more of the cohesion that we saw later in the series, if we saw more of that earlier in that first round series, the Hawks might've actually stunned Boston then, you know, that, that was honestly the toughest uh, test that the Celtics had throughout the postseason was that first round. And yet, uh, you know, yet still here, they, they, they fell apart in, you know, in the moment when they really needed the most. I, from a personnel standpoint, you know, the, the biggest question mark is what's going to happen with Jalen Brown and, uh, and Jason Tatum. Are they going to stay together? Uh, you know, if if I'm a betting man, I, I would probably bet on that not being the case. Um, but uh, but who knows? Time will tell. Uh, I know Hawks fans are really hoping that Jalen Brown ends up in a Hawks uniform, being from the area himself. Um, we'll see. You know, he's a very good player. He he just unfortunately had his worst game at the uh, at the worst possible moment, you know, if uh, if he's able to perform in Game Seven the way that he get, did in Game One of uh, of the Eastern Conference Finals, um, you know, we're talking about a Boston-Denver series right now.
0: Yeah, yep. you just made a lot of folks in Atlanta smile, folks. Mm-hmm. It's Coley Harvey saying you yeah, get Jalen <laughs> Brown going to be in Atlanta Hawks uniform. Uh, Coley hey, covers... I don't
1: know if it'll happen or not, but I, I know it <laughs> wouldn't look nice for uh, for the hometown.
0: Yep, yep. And you can see what kind of vibe we got here for the Hawks now, too. So a lot of people will be really <laughs> excited to see that happen. Chris Coley is a national reporter. Uh, and, um, you know, during the NFL season, his, his uh, assignment was Monday night football. And, man. Um, early this year, he, he had a chance to be a part of what I think is the story of the year yeah. um, up, up in Cincinnati. And the man spent day and night out in the freezing cold uh, hmm. telling that. I was telling Chris about, about you doing that, that story, Coley, and um, it's remarkable. And we saw something what DeMar Hamlin did yesterday. He was doing – I forget what he was was. He was busy out doing something he- –
1: yeah, he's uh, essentially giving away AEDs to, uh, right. you know, the, the defibrillators to uh, youth groups in Buffalo. And that's uh, that's something that he has pledged as one of his missions now that he has uh, survived that dramatic scare in Cincinnati on Monday Night Football. Uh, he wants to give back to places um, that don't maybe have some of the life-saving equipment that was able to, to, to keep him here.
2: that was a a huge part of uh, really learning uh, within the game Uh, I know Buffalo was one of my teams so there was a lot of uh, conversations that happened afterwards uh, you know as they not only fought to meet our active players and and make sure that they were okay but uh, there were you know our legends group uh, of really checking in with them and and you know I remember being on a call where they you know a lot of the players were able to reflect on i think it was Carl Everett that had gotten hurt uh in a Buffalo Bills game where he got carted off the field and ended up hurting mm-hmm. his neck and and uh and over that that zoom call it was it was obvious that they hadn't had a chance to really deal with the trauma of of seeing their teammate on the field and and so. Like so many guys, and I'm giving it from a Buffalo perspective. So many guys in, in in seeing Demar were reflecting on events in in their career, be it as the individual person or something that happened to them, or something that had happened to their teammate that they hadn't actually talked through, they hadn't really processed because so much of playing this game is a, a little bit of a denial of how violent it is and and how it really. Mm-hmm. It is not a cliche, but that it could be your last play at any time.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Co- Coley, thoughts about the fact that through that story, we found out about, about the preparation that's in place. And I think that's the the, the other thing. Obviously, we saw a man who we, we thought we had lost who was, who was still with us. But we found out about the preparation that's in place, and I don't know what it was like for you to find those things out.
1: Uh, yeah, you know, it. it, it It's something that you're you're not surprised by. Um, You know, you do see some of the meetings pregame. I know I've probably walked past the meetings where the trainers are talking to the officials and they're going over you know their protocols, various things. I haven't necessarily always known what those meetings were or what they were about, but I've certainly walked past uh, that happening in the tunnel. Uh, But it just goes to show the public more than anything that there is a level of of awareness and readiness that has been going on for years uh, within not just the NFL, but Major League Baseball does it, the NBA does it, college uh, football and basketball, other college sports, they do it there as well. Um, What it also speaks to, though, is that it's so crucial and vitally important to have those AEDs very quickly uh, to, to where you can get to them very quickly, but also that you have people in place who understand the value of CPR when to administer CPR and how rapidly uh, it, it, it has to uh, has to be administered that's what really helped to uh, not just save Demar Hamlin's life but it also got him to a place where they could transport him to the hospital quickly that's the other part of it you know you, you do hear about some of the protocols that various leagues have in place and when we wonder why certain cities get teams when various leagues expand and other cities don't Part of it has to do with trauma centers and, and how how readily accessible they are, in particular to where the stadium is. In Cincinnati's case, uh, you know, University of Cincinnati Medical Center was 10 minutes away from the stadium. Uh, and that's that's by driving normally. I used to live in Cincinnati. I lived real close to the hospital when I was, when I covered the Bengals years ago. So I knew exactly where they were going. And I could tell you that, yeah, it took me 10 minutes with no traffic. In an ambulance, I'm sure it took much less time. So, uh, so that was crucially important in that case as well.
0: Fantastic, fantastic, We Always great to, ke- to, to catch up with you. So glad you had some time for us here in your hometown. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the the, 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 the the holler at us today, man, always proud of what you're doing. Uh, keep doing that, and we hope to catch up with you down the road. But gr- always great to catch up with you this morning. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Sam, and we'll talk to you guys next Thank time. Thank you. All right.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.